in this world full of ignorant bliss, our truth often gets dismissed. We all hide behind our screens, pretending to know what life truly means. But if you're here, I sense you're searching for something. Something beneath the surface, something deep within. It's time for your weekly dose of the pill that does the most. All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Yellow Pill Podcast. I don't think we've said that in a minute, but anyways, that's that's that. Today we have um, what I like to call an OG in the house. Um, we haven't done a guest episode. We've done one this season, right? But it was earlier, maybe episode two or something. Which one was it? No, Alec. Alec was episode four. 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 Well, episode four, but two in terms of four, like three. an actual episode. You get like three because it was the second time we recorded like a topic. Anyways, we have Angela in the house. Um, and Angela is, I would say, my baby sister at this point. So we have to take it as 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 that. But Angela is a really good friend, old friend. She's been a, she's been on the podcast a couple of times. Well, it doesn't count the off season episodes that we do, but um, she's been around for. Let's minutes. count Angela. it though. It's it's, it's it's a worthy contribution. So I'm counting it off. <laughs> Shout cool, out cool. to you. On this one. Um, Angela, let's hear your voice. Welcome to the podcast once again. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> so, okay, okay, so now that, now that we, are, we are recording officially and now that this is going on air, do you feel any different compared to how you felt five minutes ago? Yes, I'm sitting properly. Um, <laughs> attentive. <laughs> oh my God. We'll see. Yeah, 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 it's great. Um, um, I saw a stat today. I think I sent Toby that um, a lot of our listeners that joined this year made up the three percent of our listeners. So it means that this year we gained a lot of um listenership for sure. I mean, this is Spotify data, so it's not it doesn't represent everything. Um, but it, it does say a lot. So and I think that was because of an episode that we did regarding either kind of the episode topic but i think it was one of the episodes whereby kind of similar to this one whereby it's like a topic that you don't think about on a day-to-day basis um mm. but then we talk about it and then somebody says oh my god i can relate to this oh i didn't know people think about this too i'm hoping this will be one of those topics that we discuss and break down and for context for everyone listening um so as you all know how we do on the podcast we have our list of topics that we write down before the season starts 12, 13, 1500, whatever. And amongst that list, we go through them every week or whenever we are recording to see what we want to juice up that day. And what we we planned to juice up this week was pro-social relationship. And it turned out that Angela, who is a good friend of ours, um, did a thesis, master's thesis in this topic on pro-social relationships. I know know how I love thesis and and, and anything related to, to, to that world. So, of course, my, my next point was to ask Toby and say, bring her on. If she can make it, please bring her on. And, and Angela made it under, I'll say, five-hour notice. <laughs> so, on that, she's real, she's real MVP. Um, so, we appreciate her being on this to talk about this. And, in fact, for the first time, I think I'll lead you, I'll, I'll make you, even though it's something that we cannot relate to, but I think I'll rely a lot on your thoughts, given that you spent some time working on this with your thesis. Yeah. And, um, so no pressure on that. <laughs> um, but even there's a master's thesis, it's still very valuable knowledge. So don't let's not underestimate that. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Sure. PhD brag, even though. <laughs> <laughs> no, I meant like. <laughs> <laughs> 
screaming, screaming. Uh, this camera is doing. Oh, uh, PSG brag. Okay, that's uh, th- that's the first one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I think I did a quick um look up on on the definition of the term. I'm not gonna ask you for to define Angela. That might be too spotlighty. Um. Well, I re- given what you define in your thesis, you said that um, PSR, processual relationships, um, describe feelings of intimacy between a spectator, that is somebody who's using a media type, mm-hmm. and a performer, that is a media figure. Um, and of course, the media figures will pro- most likely be celebrities or people that are well-known. Why, why did you choose this anyway? How did, you, how did you emerge into this topic for your master's? Hmm. Oh, that's really fun. So... My dissertation was mostly, it was on processual relationships, right? But I honed in on like football fans because I, 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 <laughs> I'm a football fan, but like in recent years, actually, my level of fandom has decreased. Like I'm not as crazy about it as I was previously, but it was something I genuinely liked. And it was one of those things that I didn't realize there was a name for it was when I started studying, I was like, oh my God, like there's actually a name for this kind of behavior. And That's what I love the most about academia. It, and then it got interesting and I started to start working on it. It felt like that term just became really popular. Like on Twitter, I'll see people like make jokes about, oh, look at you, your parasocial relationship. I was like, when did you guys learn this? Well, like I just learned it now and everybody's talking about it. And, you know, it was a short time to do the research it wasn't a phd um but it was still <laughs> it was still interesting <laughs> and you know, analyze it so it was good mm-hmm. so was the topic was the idea of personal relationship something that like how did you even start that focus on that even before you so before you focused on football fans and football players how did you start on the psr concept in the first place <laughs> The PSR concept actually came last. So it was firstly, uh. right? Yes, I wanted to explore a section of influencer marketing that wasn't really talked about. So uh. out there, I, I'm not really comfortable with the term influencer, but unfortunately it has come to stay and we had to get with the program. So I just wanted to like debunk all the myth, like, oh, this person, like I just wanted to break all the influencer tables. And then I was like, oh my God, like, I know that football fans, because a lot of football fans are men, they try to feel like they are not easily influenced. But I feel like uh... they prove that there's something there. And it was from doing that study, thankfully, my supervisor was like, oh, it sounds like what you want to do is look into parasocial relationships. And I was like, whatever that is, <laughs> yes, and I will do <laughs> So... I love that. That's a that's a that's a lovely academic story, and and I'm I actually mean that you you hear people who find themselves into topic, and that's a narrative where something grips their attention, something a social experience grips their attention, and then for whatever reason they explore that experience, but then it links to something bigger, and it opens a yeah. world that you don't exist. Like whoa, you know what is this? What is out there? Um, yeah, Toby, what were you gonna say earlier? All right, so for me. I think when it comes to parasocial relationships, my first interaction with it was actually Angela's survey. So you remember you had sent <laughs> you had sent me the survey um, to to review and all of those sorts of things. And I also obviously took it myself. And I think it, I was already assessing. And again, I, because your research was through the eyes of football, I was already assessing what it felt like for me to sort of like 
have that kind of relationship. And I don't think I was on that like intense side of things. But honestly, before Angela's research, I had zero idea what that was. But obviously from Big Brother Nigeria, we could all tell when people were getting quite passionately, when people had like fan groups. And what did they used to call them? I don't know that they'll create like social media accounts and they'll call themselves something stands and whatnot. It's like that. Yeah, but like the... <laughs> it happened on like one but, of the first seasons. Whenever I say that, and I feel bad because I feel like I'm sounding pretentious, but I just can't help but say that. <laughs> so it's so bizarre. Yeah, no. So, so, so there was that. But funny enough, when I was preparing for this episode, I need to turn off this um, thing that is moving all around on my end. Um, but w- when I did um, what they call it, a bit of research for the for the episode, I then saw, you know, ended up on like Southeast Asia and just China and K-pop and you realize that they're on a very, very different level. Like you think BBN fans are bad, um, you know, check out K-pop fans and, and just all of those sorts of things. So that's kind of like my introduction to sort of like the whole parasocial uh, thing. Mm. So it sounds like, I mean, we can all guess that it's a common human experience, I guess, um, regardless of where you're from, culture, etc. Um, I mean, I can't say I'm void of have, ever having one. I think my own introduction to that in some way would have been perhaps who you looked up to as as a kid in terms yeah. of the artist you you followed. Mm. Mine was um at some point it was Puff Daddy and it was Eminem. <laughs> I remember. Um, and I remember like it was always quite bad to the point whereby you defend them for things because mm. you just follow them so much. And you you go you can go into sweaty arguments <laughs> about the best rappers, about why they are the goats, about you know, and you and you can get into arguments with your friends. And of course, people who extend these kind of things not only to artists but also to like you as 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 Angela said, footballers, Risky Davido, you know, all this many things. Um, well, it's clearly it's clearly a one sided relationship. Um, how do you guys think it differs? I mean, it might be obvious, but I want to hear your thoughts, Angela. How do you think it differs from a normal relationship? All right. Okay. So a normal relationship is two-sided. You and Toby are friends. You know, you check on him and he checks on you. You know his schedule and you know his schedule. Like, you know about each other's lives, right? That's normal. That's two people voluntarily participating, providing consent you know, whether verbally or through their actions, but a parasocial relationship has to be one-sided. And now with social media, you know, if sometimes you, you feel like it's not one-sided because you'd make a tweet about your favorite artist and they will retweet it or reply you. So mm. that to feel like, oh my God, like that's my bestie. You know, like we have a relationship, we talk, <laughs> but I, in real life, it's only a one-sided. Like the person doesn't know your middle name, doesn't know how many siblings you have doesn't know your job, but you know all those things about him. You know your favorite artist's favorite meal. You know their favorite color. You know like how they like to sit down when they're having interviews. It's very one-sided. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a very interesting point you raised about social media because I, I, I think the early um, scholars that, that explored this concept, I think one of them the was Rubin and I can't the other guy's name. Um, they did this in the era of TVs and radio, perhaps, in the 50s yeah. and the 60s. And then you didn't have as much access to celebrities. So then the one-wayness was even way more precise. 
you know, but now the video can reply fine and you're like, oh, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my idol, my goat. <laughs> oh, love my goat thing. Oh, my God. Um, again, it's, it's hard for me to criticize <laughs> or sound, sound anyway, because I've done this myself in some ways. Yeah. But I think the difference is that I know that that's behind me. <laughs> Are you sure? Oh, absolutely. Um, Couldn't you wait? But now, is it like the old hack that the old act itself is behind you, or the subjects are have just changed? Where maybe the subjects now? Because, for example, if you really like a particular researcher that doesn't really know you and you like the way they think, maybe you've defined it into a particular niche where their thought process and the way they talk and their vibe, you sort of like relates to that. You know where they're speaking, you know where their events are. Um, that could also be a kind of parasocial relationship, even though it's a bit intellectual. So question is like... That's a good, that's a good point. So I think response to that would be to say, how do we differentiate one's likeness and following of a media figure versus one's illusion of a relationship. Mm. Mm. And an illusion, illusion of a relationship may not be by them thinking that is relationship, but might be by them making actions as if, they, a, as, as, as if that person is their neighbor. Yeah. So for example, if you are at a pub and you are willing to argue to death or insult somebody over another person and you, whose, whose honor you're defending, that, that's an imagined relationship, technically speaking. Mm. You may not say those words, but your mm. actions that you're doing is reflecting that you perceive, your brain perceives the relationship. I mean, at least rationally. Mm. Um, and it's a good point you raised because what you just asked me now, I just did a quick glance at my head. Who do I listen to? So, okay, Spotify Wrapped came out recently. My top podcasts for the year were, of course, um, ours, for sure. Joe Rogan, Tim Keller, um, a UX podcast, mm. and Andrew Oberman. But if we did a, if we did a YouTube rap, you probably see some other people like Jordan Peterson, um, Diary of a CEO, those guys. Now, amongst them, I can say one person I've definitely heavily binged on and stuff is Jordan Peterson, right? But some things, but I don't think I can find myself at this point getting to a debate about how great, no, getting that kind of debate that you find a prosocial likeness doing, if that makes mm. sense. And that's because I think me and you have spoken about this idea of celebrity where I've said that there yeah, are human beings that I don't know. I, I know what I see, uh-huh. but I don't know the wholeness. Mm-hmm. So I guess maybe it's that kind of philosophy that is probably helping to maintain me from straying into those prosocial yeah. um, waters, which is very easy. Yeah, right. yeah. Now you can say maybe Chelsea now, yeah, but, <laughs> but, 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 but Chelsea is not a person. Chelsea is a club. So, well, so that's like, go on. There are three kinds of. There we go. I love the kinds. I love when the kinds come out. Right? Like, say that again, uh, sorry, please. We have human, human personal relationships where you're. You're thinking that you're in a relationship with an actual person, and then there are fictional human ones. So it's not with the person, it's with the character. So let's say you like um who was the person in Downton Abbey? I don't know. Maybe you really like Mary. Was that yeah, Mary? Yeah. Maybe last name. Yeah, like maybe you really like that character. 
And I've seen it happen, particularly with like fans of High School Musical, whereas like I was such a High School Musical girl, like no matter what, what's his name, Zach Efron is in, in my head is still Trevolting face. Like no matter the amount of like gym weights he carries, like now he's changed his whole body, his face. But every single time I see him on the internet, I post a meme of one scene from High School Musical where someone was saying, is that Troy Bolton? Because like, no matter what he does, he'll still be that guy in my, friend, um, in my brain, rather. So you can have like a parasocial relationship with a fictional human mm. person or with a fictional non-human person. So Chelsea doesn't really fit in. So that's like maybe with a cartoon or with like anime fans with the characters. You know, you're seeing people um, go for Comic-Con and they really get into character. And we have, um, what are those things called? Oh my God. Those people that like actually walk around furries, right? Furries. They, because it, oh, that's like, I, I, I think that goes beyond prostitution relations. That's like a whole dimension that I will let you guys explore. For you. Well, like groupies. No, 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 furries. Like they dress up like creatures. How do you spell furries? Like four, R-I-E-S. Furries. Oh. Yeah, that's like a whole... It's there's there's a lot going on in that community, but um, in this case, Chelsea will not really fit in because it's an entity. Maybe we've not like researched enough to see people building prosocial relationships with entities, but it might be there. Who knows? Mm. Mm. So for for me, like when I think about the football one, right? Um, I, I think... have to be strong in this one, my days, but current. <laughs> no, so so for me, um. I think my relationship with Arsenal, for for example, is not so much about like the football or the personalities. I think it's the ideology and the philosophy behind it, right? So, um, for example, you know, with, with Ateta, it's not so much like some people are like Ateta stands, like they would live and die by his every word. I think for me, almost like Wale, your relationship with maybe JP and someone else, for me, it's just thinking about him as an individual and his journey and just what I've seen him do. And the way he does his things, for me, it's like, okay, the the way he's approaching certain things and the success he's had is what is admirable. Not necessarily that I'm going to follow him on social media and look at every Tom, like, A, B, and C thing he's doing. Same thing with, like, Bukayo Saka or some of these other guys. Like, for me, it's even very, I almost feel like I connect more to Ateta than I do to any of the other players. Because for me, I'm thinking of more of, I guess, his managerial style, how he's, like, mm. come through, the fact that, you know, there's a bit of similarities in terms of how he's approached things and how I think I would approach things if I was in his shoes as well. So there's a bit of that. But as a club, you know, we use the words like, oh, we, we're playing today or we lost the match today. Like that whole <laughs> we, we, we situation. Sometimes I, I've sat down to think about it. Like, you know, how come I'm so, you know, bought into the process? Like I really had to update my Twitter bio because, you know, Twitter is this place, particularly in the tech ecosystem. Everybody talks about usually their work. Everybody's like philosophizing about X, Y, Z and whatnot. And I realized... And <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I realized that for me... um. I was only consuming a lot of things and my active tweets were only when Arsenal was playing or something about football. And it's always be like commentary of the game. And so you go to my timeline, you're just seeing like random half sentences, exclamations and things like that. And I'm like, okay, my profile says I'm also like building my company and things like that. So I just put somewhere in the bottom that 90% of my tweets are about football. So at least you know <laughs> upfront mm. what you're coming to see on my timeline. But as we're talking about parasocial relationships, I, I also thought about this um, church and their pastor thing or Christians and their churches. That's another one that 
you know, the whole religion side of things that also comes quite strongly where you see people go like almost like K-pop fan levels with um, their their leaders and things like that. And it's funny because some of them justify it because they're actually, you know, uh, I guess the stories you can connect to in the Bible that show that, but they take it to very interesting levels. Well, Angela, what are your thoughts about that, Church Vibes? Yeah, so it stresses me out so badly. But before we get into church, I'll just say like being a fan is pretty different from having a parasocial relationship, right? Like a parasocial relationship will come from a series of parasocial interactions. So it's not just like they'd like one thing or they're doing one thing that you like. It's like you're at the same way you would like pursue someone, you know, a real person, like you'd actually start to pursue them that way, think of them that way, blah, blah, blah. Um, so like you liking Ateta, I think it's good, you know, like there's a lot to learn from the guy, to be fair. But if you're not... If if you don't think of him like he's your he's your friend or your big <laughs> if you don't think okay maybe, maybe we'll come to that as well because parasocial relationships are not like full on insanity right like it's also part of growing and developing so there's there's like the good bits of it but to answer the question he asked about church and loving their pastors and just the the craze that seems to come with it you know like I mean I'm on Twitter I I always like I'm calling chronically online like i'm i'm always in the, in the middle of some detox because i'm i'm just always there and so i've seen a lot of the conversations and arguments and the back and forth and one thing that stresses me out is when people do what about is it like oh when you know someone is doing something wrong and then the response is eh but that person is also doing it like both of you are wrong and now you're even and a bit silly because you are trying to put yourself on the same pedestal as someone who's wrong, right? So with, with, with Christians and their pastors, like, I'm a Christian too, right? Like, I love the Lord with all my heart. I have pastors and I love them genuinely, like, in public and in private. And I still have a problem with, you know, some of the displays that we've seen. And, man, I don't know. It doesn't really into parasocial relationships because for the most part you know, like a pastor is genuinely interested in like, like someone who actually fulfills the role of the pastor will be interested in your life you know have a sort, sort of relationship with you it might not the strength of the relationship might not be balanced like you might be more interested and like you're keeping up with your pastor like you know your pastor's favorite is favorite that and to be fair you know pastors tend to share a lot you know when they're on the pulpit oh my beautiful wife made me my favorite lunch like there's a lot that they that they tend to give give away and those interactions can build up to form a relationship i i can't really say like it's parasocial because of how the community is because of how mm. um, just how christianity is there's a lot of giving and taking but mm-hmm. i will speak to like you know people I don't want to say idolizing because, you know, in Christianity, like idolatry is like is a proper thing. But <laughs> I feel like mm. there is it's so easy to get carried away with your love, like your genuine love, your genuine adoration, your genuine respect. And to just start to, you know, just 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 be a little close to that line. And it, I get scared when, you know, people are calling, calling that bit out and your response is. Mm. Oh, people are doing this for Beyonce. Like, mm. I mean, like, I like Beyonce, but like, why? Why is that what you want? Why is that the same? Beyonce, you want to be in? Mm. Beyonce, Beyonce has the Beyonce's para. <laughs> <laughs> our, our para clan is mad. 
<laughs> I'm not afraid. Like, I hope they don't listen to this. <laughs> I don't care. It is mad. Yeah, and now she's really a documentary, and you know, people are finally admitting that they they feel like they may. Be, I mean, jokingly, but they feel like they might be in a cult because of the effects that the documentary is having on them. Like, that's how. Like people, people draw lines. Parasocial relationships have so impacted people that they were able to figure out that Taylor Swift was releasing a new album from the clues she was dropping. Like people had studied her life for so long, so intently that like someone connected a scene, and I was like, I feel like that's just a random. Like I feel like she's just tweeting. I promise you, it feels like she's just sitting in her bathroom and tweeting. <laughs> but they were right at the end of the day, so it's. It's very interesting. I'm very curious about the studies in years to come. I will definitely keep an eye on PSRs for like the foreseeable future. Mm. So, so something that I started to think about, and this, Wally, please feel free to draw us back into like the actual conversation itself. But it was, I was just getting on a meta level of, you know, you know how everything is tied to commercialism, right? Now, consumerism. <laughs> Um, capitalism and all of those sorts of things and i feel like you know these folks are sometimes leveraging on these behaviors and tendencies for nefarious purposes and then it ends up feeding a cycle and in plain terms what that means is so if you think about the k-pop industry and spaces so what they've now tried to do is leverage this parasocial tendencies and almost when they want to launch a new star they start off with like documenting the person's life and struggles like they already planned they've planned these things like five six steps ahead and they are following a template of how to get someone from just a regular star into someone that then has this large group of followings and fandoms and things like that but you know you now think about it okay at what point does it cross from the parasocial guys are not doing it just because of the relationship but they're also doing it because of the monetary incentive that comes with being a part mm. of that sort of thing. Um, for, for anybody who, want, who wants to really understand this whole parasocial thing on like a very visual level, just, just check out the K-pop industry, right? And like just 20 minutes of a video that I saw, I was like, okay, that's quite interesting. So for them, um, even on the China side, so apparently one of the reasons is that, you know, China had this one-child policy thing where <laughs> families couldn't have one children. So, I'm sorry, one child. Um, so essentially those children start to like feel this lack of having a sibling. So that generation, they don't have siblings. So the tendency was to um, impose that relationship on the stars that they were following, but not just the children themselves, but the parents. So after the child grows up and leaves the house, the parents start to feel lonely because their only child has obviously gone on to be an adult. So in China, there's actually like mom fans, there's dad fans, and there's like regular fans, right? So brother fans, sister fans. So in, in, when you translate the words they call them, that's what it loosely translates into. And because China also has this like filial responsibility thing or filial piety thing where, you know, respect your elders, provide for your elders, the older fans have such a huge sway on what happens to pop stars, right? So one, one example that they talked about was um, when a pop star starts to date another pop star, if the fans don't agree and don't think that that person is, a right, is right for you, they will start to apply pressure. And this is not one person tweeting. This is like, they have like groups. So there's fans, there's fandom, and then there's obsession. So this fandom category are like organizers of people. So they organize themselves in bulk, either now stop purchasing the album or do certain things to just make sure the artist you know, feels the impact of what's going on and then used to their responses. So it's, it's, it's quite crazy. Yeah. You know, I on, think, on that I think level. 
that's a quite interesting point. I think that definitely relates a little bit if we're looking from the perspective of the Marahoda. Sorry, I had to use that word, but 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 the celebrity in question. Um clearly, I'm gone. <laughs> clearly from their dimension, it's a it's a case of what happens when you are famous. And what happens when you're famous for reasons that bring in money? And in that dimension, then you are you become a you can easily become a slave to the people you are famous for, mm. right? And whether it's by your choice, whether it's by your boss's choice, your management, your labor's choice, you just become a slave. Um, so which is why people can dictate, as you said, somebody you who you date, because because that's not really about canceling somebody. No, it's not. You're not cancel. The person did not say some <laughs> some something anti-Semitic. They just they're dating no. somebody that you don't like, and if if that is altering your dating patterns, then you're clearly responding for reasons based on financial or something is just probably also not wrong with you as a, as a celeb. But most celebrities have these issues because to be famous is is costly. <laughs> Um, but it's, but it's something that you said at the start, Angela, which is why do, why do people form relationships? If it's so one-sided, if it's just like a one-way street to somebody, why are we forming relationships with celebrities or people that are famous when there's no, when it's not reciprocal? Even, even if they tweet at you, you know it's just a tweet. You should mm-hmm. know, but why do we hold on to these relationships? What are your guesses, even though they might be obvious? Yeah, so the truth is that we, everybody wants to be seen, everybody wants to be heard. And when, you know, there's someone on TV who says something like, oh my God, that sounds just like me. Like like I said, the relationships don't just appear out of thin air, right? It's a series of interactions. So pre-social media, um, the researchers were studying things like um, their body language, like in a newscaster's body language on TV. So the way right. it was, like they are looking at you to deliver the news, or like it, it's just, it's just it's just really human. It's not it's nothing that we can control. I think where we can start to just put boundaries is the degree to which you form a parasocial relationship or if at all you even want to get into a parasocial relationship right but those interactions will happen whether organically or like toby pointed out through social engineering where you know people have realized that there is a lot that they can gain from just capitalizing on a consumer's need or want for just connections and community so people start to you know do reverse social engineering making your favorite celebrities seem approachable, you know, making them seem like, oh, they had a similar background to yours. They were in the trenches just like you. Their mom also, <laughs> their mom also did not like the, the passion that they wanted to pursue. So you start to see yourself in them. And, you know, from there, it can become very, I mean, it, it has to be one-sided. Like a celebrity has how many fans? Even you guys, how many um, listeners did you have on your raps this year? Are you going to are going to pursue a relationship with each and every one of them, like no matter how generous, <laughs> no matter how generous and kind and unemployed you might even be, like, you're not even unemployed. But let's assume that your full time job was to pursue a relationship with people. Like you cannot possibly, you know, give your heart to all these people. So by very nature of 
by the very nature of their jobs, like these relationships will be one-sided, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just important that, like, partial relationships are not entirely bad, bad, right? I don't know if I've said that before. Yeah, yeah. It's, it helps with teenagers. Like, there's um, research that shows that it reduces prejudice. Like, if, um, you know, a celebrity that you like, that you look up to, that you formed a PSR with, um, denounces something bad, you know, you also start to think that that thing is bad. So they're, like, good good size to it, great influence, um, amazing positive suits, but it can go downhill really quickly. And we see it go downhill really quickly, especially with the China example that Toby shared. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the good point that you raised that, I mean, you raised a couple of good points, but two of them that I'll pick out is probably raised again that it's not a bad thing. Um, but the second point, which is good and super weird, is that as podcasters who are in a topic on parasocial relationships, um, we probably have listeners who are in this to a degree, um, not because we are famous, but because these relationships, by definition, form when you in, you interact with a certain person who you are familiar with, whether to their voice or their faces, and you know perhaps more about them than they know about you. Hence, the one-way street, and in those ways, you form inferences, right? So. I think that's that's probably that probably explains why we will all in some way form relationships with people because when you interact with somebody through a, a through TV through music through podcasts mm. you become you know you become you know them a little bit right yeah um, whether they give you the, whether they give you their real self or not you know yourself <laughs> that of them uh... exactly and our brains can't really, can't really distinguish between. Um, you know, what is who is who is fake and who is real on immediately because our brains are just wired for social connection. So which mm-hmm. is why the point you raised about is kind of our job to know what to do with the relationship while it's building, um, so that we don't get into crazy, crazy, crazy things. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Um uh-huh. but moving but from that, let's talk about what do you think this loneliness and celebrity culture falls into this um do you think there's an element of people being lonely in this and celebrity culture being in this i mean for me as celebrity culture is something that i think on Twitter, i've said many times about how again this is me sounding pretentious i think i'm going to pretentious all episode i'm sorry <laughs> but, um i do not understand sometimes how people my age keyword my age if you're young i, I get it my age still under these kinds of spells where they can willingly engage in arguments that are whether right or wrong but arguments based on how they feel about celebrities that they follow or they're in a PSR with and they do to, they do to the extent that it definitely shows that they carry some kind of um, obligation to do so mm-hmm some kind of um, familial, defending my family kind of um, approach, but also something that just shows like, I think there's an element of maturity in there. And I use maturity because I think when, the, I believe when you, when you get older, you realize more of the humanness in everybody because you see people do a lot more evil, right? And then, and then you kind of realize that people that you think you know are not who you really know. 
which is why many people grow up to realize that their parents are not who they, 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 they think their parents were, right? Because you just know your adults is what removes your innocence. Which is why if you see a celebrity, tell us if anybody, surely is the, the age you get to where you should know that, you should start, get, start, start knowing more and more that there's a human being outside of everything you're seeing, right? I think, I, I, I think I'm changing a little bit with those who do podcasts because, and perhaps those who do a lot more um, real life stuff, yeah. vlogging, because you might be seeing a little bit of several nuances because probably some of their real nice would show in their constant conversation. But particularly those are just, those that we know through music, for example, those that we know through specific media um, types that don't involve them in the real world. And we get on these um, heavy PSR um, movements for them. I think there's an age where I, I draw a line and say it should end. Mm. Um, I think it doesn't make sense anymore. And I say this because I know people my age who are still... And older. Yeah. And, and older. Yeah, yeah. Because also, cause as you were talking there, another example I thought about was in politics as well. Sometimes the the parties and the candidates that people follow is not necessarily because of any kind of um, logic or processing. It's um, I, I feel like maybe it's just because parasocial relationships thrive or evolve from a sense of tribalism as well, and so people mm-hmm. want to feel that sense of belonging, and you can then anchor to that public personality or anything that you can relate to with that public person because yeah like you know with the whole you know Tinubu thing on the Nigerian side a lot of a lot of the support from say the 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 I guess the southwestern side of things I don't think it was about anybody's ideologies or whatnot but there is it even goes beyond this person is our tribe man like I, I, I don't know if you get there was just something intense about <clears throat> that, that that following and how he's been elevated because I think Tinubu is one of those people where as an individual, there's also some work that has gone into elevating his personality as something, right? You know, when, when you talk about Lagos and how he's one that built Lagos. So people have sort of like embedded a lot of that into him. And I think his team and social media team also realized that obviously and, you know, tried to, to hamp on it. The other example I thought about as you were talking was the Messi versus Ronaldo debate. That one, genuinely, I don't know, like every time I see it online, like... I, I lead in one direction, right? Um, sometimes, <laughs> but but it depends on the moment, right? Messi, Messi is a short guy. <laughs> well, he's not that tall. So on some, and he's a left footer as well. On on some of those fronts, oh jeez, you went there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So 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 on, on that kind of like front, I relate to him. He's also like a a generalist, right? Like he can do a lot of things. Oh, and also like to... <laughs> this guy's this guy's actually finding similarity between him and Messi. <laughs> I'm just saying, no, I'm just saying, I'm just saying on one hand. Next thing you say now is that, is that he speaks Spanish. I dance Zumba. Please. But then also, I think why I don't jump into any of this space strongly is because the same things I can find in someone like Messi, in the older opposite, I can find something as well. Like, you yeah. know, the dedication from Ronaldo and the fact that maybe you're not super talented as the other guy, but you put in the hard work to get yourself to that point of view, right? So there's so for me, I think people or maybe one thing that can maybe that's cautioned me when it comes to these kind of like parasocial relationships is the idea that I don't necessarily put everything on just one person because of diversity and just breadth. 
pretty much even when it comes to like you know in the church and things like that like yes i like certain preachers and certain pastors and things like that but i don't i'm not gung-ho on one person because there are things about i like about them that i will find other things other people that i like as well i'm not looking for things to hate about them but i'm just saying like we're in this world of diversity why zero in on just one thing and so for me when i see people then pick like certain camps and go very strongly on it for me i'm like okay like how are you processing these thoughts? Like, because all of these points that you're making and trying to differentiate, like they're not that different. If you look really deeply, they're really not that different. So, but I, I don't know. But again, because we live in this consumerist world as well, it's hard because some things that get very front and center, it's not because they're genuine or anything. It's because they've been engineered to do so. But some people don't realize that that's what's going on. And so you then have this like, I don't know, cycle of death or doom that goes on where, you know, people don't really know what the reality is anymore, the truth is anymore, and everybody's just, you know, getting closer and closer into their own corners because it benefits conversation, it benefits engagement, it benefits all of these sorts of things. You know, sometimes you see a tweet and basically right now you can tell when something is recycled. Well, even if it's recycled, it still gets it still gets vibes and engagement. And so you're now just wondering like, okay, what are we incentivizing here? Because I've seen this tweet before. I know the reaction that's going to come about. So it shouldn't do any, it shouldn't do any traction, but then you come back to hours later and it's done exactly the same thing you did the last time. So I've talked about a few one, things in there, but. And one but thing yeah. I'll say though, is that I'm, I'm not too sure thinking about it now. I mean, you might be right, but I'm not too sure how much um, of the examples like Messi and Ronaldo and perhaps your church pastor um, relates to pastoral relationship, PSRs. Um, I say this because huh. you mentioned something along the lines of um, that tribes develop from, tribe, tribalism developed from PSR relationship. And it's, it's a good connection to make, although I'm not sure whether the connection is in the line at which PSR starts before tribalism or vice versa, or if they are part of a different category um, that, that don't connect together. I'm not sure. And I say this because when you think of those messy Ronaldo debates, for example, Whiskey Bonaboy debates, it's sometime... Whiskey. Sorry, sorry, not Whiskey, Whiskey Davido. Sorry, <laughs> you can tell that I'm not even in those... Uh, anyway, um, sometimes you can, you can see that when those debates emerge, they form from a sense of an, an individual trying to outwin, outscore, or get over, get a victory mm. over the person who in that same situation is the opponent or is in the opposing camp, right? And which means that in that position, I don't think people, are, people are there are caring too much about the actual artists per se. It's just, it's just mostly about we winning this, this one. And, and, and same in Messi Ronaldo one because I think that nobody actually talks about because I think okay if if it's a real attachment to to the real PSR relationship I think they'll focus more on accepting the flaws as well if that makes sense so for example if you argue Ronaldo I'll say okay yeah Ronaldo is not a natural born talent like Messi so maybe you are right you know um, but but um, but I love that guy he's dedicated he's all of that right that. That to me mirrors more of a PSR relationship because you are you you still see at least visibly from a football player you can see their flaws from from football right um I I don't know how good a dad is but you can tell how good a player is right but mm -hmm. from those guys who debates the, the, the examples that you gave they don't even talk about 
any flaws. Is what Angela said, like, if you, if, if, you, if you make one point about Messi, they go about, what about him? You know, they, they go, and, and your, goat is, your, your goat is the one that can't score in, in uh, Premier League or something, just something like that, mm. right? And that's, for me, mirrors tribe, tribe victory thinking um, more than anything, um, which I think is even way worse than, than PSRs. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I think, that, I think that's even way worse because that one means that, that all you care about is dominating an idea. I make sure that your idea is dominating the, the landscape of culture, the landscape of discourse on Twitter, not particularly your perceived relationship with this individual person, right? Um, because so, you, you can see a kid that has that, that Ronaldo's... Um, sorry, Karen, say what you're going to say. Yeah, yeah, no, no. So, so, so I was going to say, like, I, I see what you're saying, um, and maybe they're just weirdly intertwined and it's hard to really separate them because I feel yeah, like there's... definitely. There, there's Definitely. parts of PSR relationships and fandom that mm-hmm. just, that exhibits the traits we're talking about here, where you know they they defend one part of the person's life, but they they really focus on on, on certain things. So maybe it's I, I don't know which one precedes the other, which one is a subset of the other, which one is a feature of the other, but they're kind of intertwined mm-hmm. as you're talking. At. But I but I see what you mean. Where the Messi and Ronaldo debate is not so much about oh I know where Messi was yesterday, that sort of vibe, that sort of thing, but it's almost a thing of. I have a point of view. My point of view is better than yours. Mm-hmm. And so I, through that point of view that I have, I want to dominate the point of view that I think you have that is on the opposite side. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but yeah, valid yeah, point. That, that's fair. And, and before moving to topics around um, responsibility and um, healthy PSRs, Angela, do you remember your findings from your master's research? Yeah, to some extent. Okay, let's, let's talk about that quickly. Some of, some of, some of, some of the things you found. I'm very curious because... As I said, I read everything, but I stopped at the findings because I didn't want to kind of um, do, do spoilers. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's better if I grab popcorn now and listen to you because I'm about to nerd on um, someone's work. <laughs> okay. Before I do, I just want to say, like, to what both of you said about tribalism versus PSRs. Well, first of all, yeah, imputing too much rationality that internet people don't have into their conversation. <laughs> Thinking that someone who's trying to win an argument to say, eh, I know that Messi is all that, but it's not all that. Rationality goes out of the window, straight into the bin when those conversations are being had. So you can be sure that no one is even trying to, you know, respect the other person's personhood or opinion, like they, they genuinely do not care. And um, as relating to tribalism and our social relationships, like I'm sure there's a line there somewhere, but I've seen that a lot of famous people are popular, right? Not all famous people are, but a lot of them are popular, which is like they are well-liked. And so to see someone who's that famous, that well-liked, and to start to see, you know, similar Character traits will definitely make you feel 
appreciated and like you have something in common and then you want to build it and pursue it. And I think, you know, that goes to what you were saying about loneliness contributing to PSRs. And when people are living in isolated spaces, um, they're not really interacting with people in real life, but they're seeing someone who's famous. Like this person is famous for whatever reason, whether it's their talent or their beauty, and they're also well-liked. And then you start to see yourself in that person. Like, you want to pursue that, you know, and so PSRs get formed from there. But anyway, back to mm-hmm. the... Mm-hmm. So my research was... It was... <laughs> it was it was interesting. So I, I went to a questionnaire. So initially, I was going to do, like, a focus group discussion. And I had, like, a list of people. I think both of you were actually on my list, because I know that Toby likes both football and F1. I know that you really like Chelsea. So I was like, oh, like, you know, if I need to grab 10 people to talk to, I can just call this guy and this guy and that one and that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'll just put them on a Zoom call. Um, well, as I started to speak with my supervisor more, you know, it was important to get a wider audience sample size and mm-hmm. also not to just rely on my own preconceived notions and preformed connections. So because of that, I just did a questionnaire that I distributed. I remember I sent it to you, Wally, and you were like, oh, you just realized you don't follow any footballer on social media. And I was like, boo. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> that is true, actually. Yeah, she made me realize that, that I didn't yeah. follow anybody on social media, yeah, which, okay. was, which was quite bizarre to see. Precious <laughs> as always, because I was like, what do you mean you don't follow? Like, you might be your Well, I swear to God, I was being honest. <laughs> I was like, when, because I think I went through the survey and, I, and then I looked at my Instagram, I was like, wait, I don't follow anybody. Even <laughs> I just follow Chelsea as the club content, but I don't follow wow. actual players. Wow. Oh. Oh. I follow I follow Rhys James and to promote my survey, I was really like pushing in Rhys James' agenda. But to be fair, sorry, to be fair, I I, I don't like him like that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Like that. I just want people to survey. So in fact, the, the, I posted a video on TikTok and the video I made, I made it my church after service my pastor's mm. wife was controlling the lights for me and then my cousin was recording the video i was just walking down and then i posted the video on tiktok with the caption oh me walking straight into rich james's heart and i used a i think football talk and in like an hour i got 900 views and i was like wow. just direct everyone to the link in my bio which was my survey like just wow. please <laughs> Just please take my story. If I don't like the guy like that, well, I follow him on Instagram. Anyway, I'm, I'm, <laughs> trying, I'm trying to see how many um participants you had via your survey. I think it was about three hundred. No, I don't remember actually. Three hundred people. Was it? I'm not sure. I think I'm lying. No, that, that's <laughs> impressive. I'm looking for it. Looking for it now. No, I, I don't. I don't think it was three hundred. Oh, sorry. I can't find it. Yeah, it, should, mm-hmm. it, should be, it should be a methodology chapter. Um, yeah, that's where I am. <laughs> at least, at least I, I hope you put it there. <laughs> <laughs> You're screaming, screaming. I am screaming. Oh, God. I don't think it was 300 people. Okay, I've seen 12 countries, including India and the USA. Noise. And... Oh, I don't know how many people I use, but it's okay, it so good. Yeah, I've seen the number, so it's one, 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 eight. So you say I lied. It was one hundred. Pretty good. Yeah, I mean the short time that I had. So. Yeah, because was... from your gender statistics, you had 
um, 98 male and 20 female. So I just added those, those two together. Assuming Which everybody one? put that question together. So that's yeah. um, section 4.1.1 on gender. You had yeah. 98 male for your survey and 20 females for your survey. And that's not a bad um, distribution. Okay. No, yeah, particularly for the topic, like knowing that it was full, I expected it to be higher than this. I, I thought it would be more skewed in the direction of men. So I was quite happy with my 20 women. So remember you guys are, shout out to you. Um, and, and and for age group, you heard about, sorry, I'm doing this part for you, but <laughs> and, and I'm already there and I'm looking at it, but for age group, you had between 16, 18, 25, you had about 47%. Okay. And then between mm-hmm. 6 and 35, you had about 50%, and the rest were 36 to 45. So a bunch of your participants were definitely between the ages of 18 to 35, which is the young population. And of course, location-wise, yeah. Nigeria was the bulk of it, 64% mm-hmm. Nigeria, and UK was 25%, with other countries making up the rest. Um, and then you had a very good distribution of social media activity because the participants range from 30% to Instagram, 30% Twitter, and of course, TikTok and Facebook took a joint nine percent, and Snapchat with a twelve percent, and other when it maybe Telegram folks, I guess. Um, but yeah, so walk us through your findings and and what you thought was interesting to you from your work on PSRs and football fans. Yeah. So, sorry, before you start, so I'm looking at the table. The table one of frequency of footballers. <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo is number one. But funny enough, mm-hmm. number two, it wasn't, it wasn't Messi. It was Saka uh, mm-hmm. from Arsenal and then Messi. But the distance between Ronaldo and Messi was quite a lot. So I was just thinking now if any Ronaldo footballer got on top <laughs> of your research now, <laughs> they'll count it as a win. In, in, oh, they will. <laughs> Definitely. But carry on, carry on, sorry. Yeah, but you, you already started with something that surprised me. I did not realize that Bukayo Saka was as popular this right so also when i was thinking mm. of um the research i me personally because i have like vetted interest in bukayo saka like i genuinely like him i was going to research on three footballers and just like really hone in but by the time we looked at resources and time it was just better to do a spread and then you know if someone wants to do a phd or whatever they can now like look at one subject in particular so i thought i was the only one who liked bukayo saka so to see him you know, ranked so highly on my list. It made me realize how how much the tides have turned for Arsenal. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if, if I had done this research two years ago, I don't think Bukaya Saka would have been would have been this popular. But that that really surprised me and mm. made me happy personally. And um, so the, the table of frequency, it was just the top nine, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It was just the top nine footballers. There were about 18 others who did not have like enough of data to be added to my table, but there were other ones that were not there. And Ronaldo, um, I actually expected him to be top because he has, you know, it was social media and he has a lot of charisma and a very active social media presence. So mm-hmm. I was already expecting that he would be like did he would he would come out on top because he's also at the time he was also the individual with the highest number of followers on Instagram at the time of putting together this. So I figured that he would rank highly. You know, like he's very 
like this I one... said um, at the time of doing this, because that's that's a very that's a very researcher thing to say, <laughs> because you can't just be be careless and say is is the top that must follow the Instagram. You have to say at the time of when this was done, yeah, is the top. Yeah. So it's watching it's watching your back. I like that. Well done. <laughs> I'm screaming here. No, I mean, I put like timestamps and screenshots in all of my research. Like, please, when me, I went to their Instagram to check. On this day, by this time, this is what I saw with my eyes. So, <laughs> when you check it so, tomorrow. So, <laughs> if you move to 4.3, and um, where you have um, social, social relationships and social media, um, let's, pre- let's quickly look at that section and uh, mm-hmm. maybe just walk us through what's what struck you the most perhaps in that section or what you found that was interesting? Okay, so um, for this section, I used a survey that someone from, oh my God, I don't remember the university, but it's a university in America. Some guy doing his PhD or he's done his PhD, one of the two. Um, he actually designed a parasocial relationship in social media survey, like especially because other surveys that exist with for parasocial relationships across TV and radio and all of that. But he just recently designed this. So this was even like a pilot project for that guy's survey. Right. So I had to is that is that University of Tennessee Boyd? Yeah, yeah, yeah. University of Tennessee. Yeah, and he was some American guy. Um shout out to you wherever you are. God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> So um, the first statement was, I look forward to seeing the footballer I named social media post. Oh, I remember rewarding this question because I, I rewarded it some way and then I did a trial with Toby and Toby was like, well, I think we should reward it in this way. Oh, thank you guys for being involved. <laughs> <laughs> that acknowledgement. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, somewhere. And so it was interesting for me, like, I, I felt like, the highest bit here will be agreed because it did not cross my mind that there will be people that are actually actively waiting to see what Ronaldo will post. Like all the people I follow on social media, I don't think there's anyone that I actively look out for, like, oh, this person will soon post and like my day is made. You know, but to see people strongly agree about 40% of the respondents um was interesting. So in total, the number of people who um agreed with looking forward to seeing their idolos social media posts. <laughs> That's very interesting because myself, I don't know you tell me, but there's nobody there's nobody's post I look forward to seeing. Wow. I mean, I mean maybe may, maybe there is, but no. So if like if you're releasing content and I follow your content, mm-hmm. I look I would probably look forward to it. But like a social media post by somebody, there's nobody that comes to mind. So this was very interesting to see for me. So I remember I remember filling out this question and I think I probably did agree. Um and mm-hmm. I think the footballer I picked was Bukayo Saka. And the reason is because I think a lot of his, first of all, whenever he posts, he always posts like a Bible scripture sometimes with it. So th- there's more to him just being a footballer that I feel like I'm attracted mm. to in that sort of way. And he doesn't Do post it. that. Fr- <laughs> and he doesn't post that frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so every time he used to post, I think the algorithms always, you know, put it up on my things. So I almost always see it immediately and things like that. But also the podcast that I follow, a lot of them tend to reference when someone has done something or, you know, or retweet. So the, the football accounts have this aggregator things where, you know, anytime a footballer does something, they aggregate everything that has happened and almost put it. So even if you're not looking for it specifically, you kind of like mm-hmm. see it. So I think when I was answering that question, it was more like, well, I don't not look forward to it. Um, yeah. And when I, sometimes when I open my Instagram, I am expecting 
to see something from you know either this person or that other person and this footballer or that other footballer um, i don't follow too many um but for example mm-hmm. I, I follow ian wright he's no longer a footballer but he's an arsenal fan right and he's just again very vivacious very you know he's 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 amazing is what i would say and maybe a few other like um folks that i follow as well but yeah that i just wanted to put more context i guess real life context to some of the, <laughs> <laughs> to your research here thank you you. Thank you for your real life insight. I mean, I can't admit that I felt like the wording of that bit was quite clever, but you know, when you want to do your research under limited conditions, you just <laughs> go have. <laughs> and for me, it was people are anticipating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then agree was the next statement we like to see social media posts that the football I has made. Like obviously a lot of people agreed. No one strongly disagreed. No one disagreed. Some people were like neither agree nor disagree, which I felt was a lie, but that's fine. Um, and then I'm interested in football I named. Obviously, that got a lot of agree and strongly agree, which I thought was good because interest is really important in forming a PSR, right? Like it doesn't, it's not like you can just you have to be genuinely interested in the person. Um, even if not genuine, even if you're just mildly interested or potentially, if you're interested for monetary gains, like you will still, there's still a high level of interest required to form a PSR. Like I was watching um, Beckham's documentary recently and part of the people that they interviewed, which I thought was really good, were two brothers, the paparazzi, who were dedicated to his life. Like those ones, not just by nature of their job, they were, you could tell that they were genuinely interested in the Beckham's lives. Like they've, their PSR is through the roof. Dave, at, at that point, like David and Victoria are their parents and Romeo and his siblings are their cousins because they were, by nature of their job and even just the way those brothers are set up, I think, you know, they, they were interested in the Beckham's and they were able to form a PSR. Um, so yeah, interest is really important. And I was happy that that, um, came out in my survey and then obviously caring about what happens to the footballer I named which was I was very happy that 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 question was included because the way football is set up you actually have to care because you know if the footballer you like you know has an injury or you know suffers personal loss it would impact the way that they play which will you know affect your team or affect your your country if they're playing for their country so caring about them you know if it's just yeah, on every team there are 11 people but the one that you like the most when you're genuinely interested in the most the one you have a piercer with the most is tends to be the one you care about the most you know if it's someone that you don't really like you could care less if they were injured yeah that was that bit would you like me to go on yep yep okay Please. yeah this statement i feel like it would affect people like you who follow the account like the team not the actual footballer so there was one statement which was I like to see social media posts that the footballer I named is in that they did not make themselves. So this is for people like you. So it's a social... Wait, I think you skipped number five. Oh, right. Yeah, five, Oh, right. Uh, oh, I really like that one as well. I hope the footballer I named achieves their goals. And a lot of people strongly agree. Like, that was a clear indicator that they were no longer mere fans, but they were actually like when you start to think about their achievements and their goals, nobody's thinking about it like, oh. <laughs> I think 
Um, I think why no let me let Toby yeah no no yeah no so 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 I was saying more like because I I think the connection here sometimes is also because you're supporting the team as a whole so um the the players' personal goals really it's your goal for your team in that sort of way but I'm now thinking like is there anything Bukayo Saka wants to do outside of football that. I think I would, yeah, I, I guess as an individual, like, you know, whatever he wants to do, I hope he's really good at it because hopefully that impacts what he does. But again, makes him a better person in that sort of way. So, um, but I, I don't know, because right now, if he decided to launch a brand or something, like, I guess I would wish the brand well. I wouldn't necessarily go buy the thing because it's Bukayo Saka's <laughs> brand. Like, like Cristiano Ronaldo's perfume or whatnot. He has hotels and places. Even if I was a fan of him, like some fans maybe would only stay in the Cristiano Ronaldo hotel. For me, you know, good luck to him and his capitalism chase buzz. Like, you know, it's that sort of thing. So I think that's kind of like why, what I was thinking about when I was re- looking at this section where I guess mm-hmm. I care about their personal goals, but it might be because it's very connected to what I want for the larger team um, in that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. So I think with you as a real life specimen, it's like, um, it feels like people who form PSRs with footballers tend to do it in the context of their team, which is fair because football is a team sport, right? Like you can't really succeed on your own. So that that's jumping out as well. Um, yeah, which is good. And what you said about buying something just because Bukayo Saka, that was one of the questions at the very end, if I remember correctly. Mm. And the answer to that actually surprised me. I was like, you football fans are so cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Just want to argue on Twitter. You don't want to spend your money. <laughs> it yeah. was fun. But that I mean, we'll get to that. Okay, so I would follow the footballer I named. Yeah, I've I've got theory about that, and please remind me to say that at the end. Okay. I'm to yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would follow the footballer I named on another account if they created one on the same social media. So that was a bit tricky. Like you know, you already follow Bukayo's account on Instagram. And then let's say he wants to create another account for like his photography. Or so I don't know if, he, if he's interested in photography, but let's say, you know, Bukayo Saka's photos or something. Would you follow him? And um, most, it was, it was quite divided, right? 24% of the respondents agreed. However, another 24 were unmoved. Like they neither agreed nor disagreed. So a lot of people strongly agreed, but it was quite significant to me that, you know, at least 24% were like, they, they don't care, like, agree, no agree. And this question was important because loyalty is quite crucial to PSRs, like we've we've explored in the course of this um, podcast discussion. Like, you have to be loyal to them, you know, you cannot form a PSR and they are bashing your fave on Twitter, and they are saying, giving explanations or pandering to the other party's side. You know, you have to be loyal, you have to be strict. And um, this was also important because my study, you know, wasn't just about PSRs in isolation. It was PSRs in relation to their influence on consumers' purchases. So it was, you know, trying to explore, like, how loyal they would be, um, you know, yeah, and just exploring the, how did you say, the para the the person, the para holders. (laughs) Para holders. (laughs) Yeah. I was also exploring the para holders brand equity, like you know, Kyle Saka or who else was under my list? Um, Messi, like is Lionel Messi, like just that name? Is it a big enough brand for you to be committed and loyal to? So that was interesting to see. And then, yeah, 
I like to see the social media posts that the footballer I named is in that they did not make themselves. A lot of people agreed and strongly agreed, but there was also 12% of the respondents who were neutral. And for some reason, like the neutral ones were really getting to me when I was in the research. Like, I'm, I, I was really surprised because I just thought, you know, football fans would be really, really passionate. Like, you're either hot or cold. So just seeing the in-betweens, you know, ranking a bit higher than those who disagreed was unsettling for me. But, uh, I mean, most people agreed that they would. Um, they'll be interested in content that features their favorite footballer, which was good to know, like, you know, so it, it plays into, um, like, marketing communications for Chelsea TV, for instance, if you start to notice that. And Chelsea actually does it, if you if you notice. When, even after Eden Hazard left Chelsea, for, like, the first eight weeks after he left, it felt like the admin was posting one Hazard post weekly. Like, it wasn't, like, this guy had left the club, he had moved on with his life, but they were still consistently posting because they knew that, you know, a lot of people who followed them liked okay. Hazard, you know. Even after Hazard left Chelsea, his followership did not drop. You know, like, you still see people, like, rooting for him, both on the Chelsea account, on his personal account, mm. on different social mm. media mm. sites. So having that kind of information to know that, you know, your like and and this was use, useful for me from a Malcolm's perspective. Like, okay, you know, if I need communications at a club, for instance, just knowing that, like, knowing who this, unfortunately, who the stars of the club are, like, and how big of um yeah, how big of a brand they are, I thought was really good to see. Um, yeah. so there was that. That's quite sorry. Sorry, finish. Sorry. Oh yeah, no, that's that's all. Yeah, that's quite interesting because I think. Um, the point about Hazard, uh, yeah, I think I remember, I remember saying that as well as a Chelsea fan, of course. I, I remember saying that even, even to now when he retired, we saw the entire mm-hmm. dedication of post. Um, but I think one thing that you mentioned earlier that was that I found interesting was around the lines of um, if if Saka, mm-hmm. um, which in the context of PSR we're looking at football football players, if Saka releases a clothing brand, would you would you go buy it? We had more people say neutral response, even neutral response. I think that's the thing for me about PSRs is that PSR does also has also have levels. Mm-hmm. That's about PSRs or PSA, which is parasocial, parasocial attachment. Mm-hmm. And this is probably because there's probably a point you get to where there's a cost of the relationship that you can take on yourself or not. You know, and perhaps for you, it's, if it's like, after money, it's not that deep, I beg. <laughs> you know, that's my line for the relationship. You know, whereas, whereas, whereas some will, because which is why these guys sell merchandise. They do sell, mm-hmm. right? Um, as you said, Toby, some people want to go to Ronaldo's hotel, mm. um, wow. which is why Eminem had his stand as well. So some people go to the extreme levels. Some people stay in reasonable levels. So which is why the key thing to remember is there's always levels to this. And yeah. Is for you to know what level is extreme. Um, mm-hmm. And Angela does have, does have a lot more questions in that survey, but I think like, oh, of time, we can't go to everything. But I thought there's some interesting ones as well that, mm-hmm. I, that I've, I've seen on the, particularly on the section three, which yeah. is, I think, about uh, oh, is it, is it, that one. Yeah, that's about um, identification with the Identification, yes. There's a lot of interesting <laughs> ones in there. Yeah, um, some, some interesting ones there. So, so uh, just just to quickly like skim through that, I think what was quite interesting is maybe for footballers, there's a enough of a disconnect between, I guess, how they connect with the person's identity and personality 
yeah. versus uh-huh. their relationship to the job, right? Because I feel like if you picked another sport or something else, maybe like music or Big Brother, like I, I or maybe when you if you decide to do a PhD in July, you can do on like Big Brother or Love Island. Those those ones, like yeah, <laughs> no, because because like I feel like the Love Island one might be quite interesting as well because yeah. it's it's beyond. Maybe the footballer one is easy to disconnect from it because you already see them as like superstars doing something you could never like really do. But then the Love Island one or Big Brother one, it almost feels like, well, I could go on that show and be myself, but you know, that sort of thing. Um, but I was just saying, I was just seeing here that most people maybe were very on the negative side of most of the questions you asked. And maybe one yeah. or few, one or two maybe were on the positive side. Just let me guys let, Okay, go on. Let me tell you something about again, I'm putting on my heart of Heart of PhD. Being pretentious. Okay. No, 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 not PhD heart. Me being pretentious in this. Okay. Oh, oh, that that one right. is always. Ah, touche, touche. Um, yeah. But it's a real fact. I do watch Love. I mean, I watched Love mm-hmm. Island for the last couple of years. Um, but one thing that I've never done is once the show is over, I've never. Yeah. Search for anybody. Follow anybody. Check out anybody. In fact, I don't think I even watched the last day. Because for me, it's done. Right. I think that's but but during during the seasonal during the two months, it's the people that mm. I form bonds with. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm. Like I like ah, oh, this babe did this. Like that's my girl. You know she knows she knows, she knows what she's doing. <laughs> I formed that bond. But once the show is over, it's done. That's because, I, I mean, I think it's because I know deep down, again, part of my philosophy is that these are human beings that have lives. Mm-hmm. And nothing makes them special enough for me to actually curate my everyday visibility to mm-hmm. them being in that. Mm-hmm. That I would then go and search for them. Nobody, only a few people are that deep. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's really the Love Island people beyond the show. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess you can also have PSRs that are perhaps temporal, temporary. Yeah, seasonal, um, right? Seasonal, I guess, seasonal, which I guess on that element of things that we can consider, which is why I, I might as well put that out there as well. Mm. So we back to what you're going to say. Oh, no, that, that was it. Just, you know, talking about the different dynamics of, of, you know, how with Angela's research, a lot of the things that then don't necessarily say the relationship is super parasocial because again, when it comes to the individual themselves, people are not necessarily like, there, there was a question here about, you know, I have many of the same opinions as the football I need. And there was like the, the highest one there was the neither agree nor disagree. And only a very small percentage, like strongly agreed and maybe 30% agreed. So um, I don't know what I feel in that, that section. Again, depending on the football line that I picked, this would either be positive or negative, right? So, I, <laughs> exactly. So, um, that, that, that's the kind of thing I was talking about here. Um, but I don't know where, where you want to you wanna sort of like land this, but I was thinking about obviously the, um, looking at the Southeast Asian side of things. Like, I feel like they, they're almost like, if you want to look at anything to the extreme, <laughs> they seem to be very, a good, a good place to observe what an extreme version of something looks like. And I don't know what your, like if you've come across that and what your feelings are about, um, you know, that extremism when it comes to something like a parasocial relationship, you know, and if you think, 
Like, is there something that makes it? I know I, I talked about the whole individualism, the one one child per family, and how that kind of like feeds into that, and maybe just general China's consumerism culture does that. But the question I'm trying to drive at here is, do we think it's possible for our I say kind, Jesus, that sounds so racist. Um, our people, <laughs> but people like us to get to that level. Because I know when you look at the Big Brother version, there's, I feel like some of it is manufactured, not necessarily as pure. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm just wondering, do you, ever, do you think we have the necessary ingredients to get to sort of that, that level of extremism when it comes to parasocial relationships? <laughs> Sorry, what did you say, Angela? I said we don't have light, so... <laughs> You can't keep up, unfortunately. <laughs> you don't have the facilities. You don't have the facilities for that, bruh. <laughs> uh, but Wally, what do you think? I don't know. I think um, why might parasocial relationship be more extreme in certain parts of the world? That's the question. Mm-hmm. Um, I reckon we answered that by asking why it forms. And perhaps, again, we've said that it forms because human beings value interactions with people, media figures, and then those interactions might be displaced as familiarity. Um, but also maybe there's a culture of stardom over there mm. that is different to other places. Mm. Um, there could also be a, a culture of intense loyalty, a regular a normal day, that also feeds into a celeb mm. Mm. nature. Um, but thinking about the Asian context, what about, I think also perhaps the Asian, if you look at the music, is that in terms of what they can call as superstars, they don't have as much variety, I believe, at least, at least as a cultural export anyway, compared to the West. Um, so maybe that's why, because of less variety, there's a lot more concentration on concentration on on the few selected um areas for stardom like music because in i mean in the west you can have podcasters you can have musicians footballers um there's sports music entertainment there's chefs there's so there's so many avenues that you can form psrs in the west Mm -hmm. but perhaps there's less so with less you have stronger chances of forming um, I'm not so I don't know. That's my hypothesis on that. I'm not too sure about yeah. o- um, other reasons. Um, but it's a very it's a very interesting question. Though. I'm sure there's research on that in some way. Yeah. Um, one thing I'm thinking about though, as I speak, is that earlier I said something about podcasters and maybe podcasters perhaps are less likely to have PSRs, mm-hmm. um, PSR fans, not fans or people rather. Um, maybe I, maybe I take that back. Maybe what I wanted to say was, podcasters are probably the least unintentional ways of forming um, PSRs because mm. compared to other avenues that we've talked about, the Messi Ronaldo's, maybe even those guys, maybe just the artists, the nature of their craft demands that they form PSRs in a way. Like the nature of being an artist to sell concert tickets, boom, you gotta have fans. You know, um, to 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 have your album downloaded, boom! You gotta have fans. Sell music to defend you when you cross the line, boom! You gotta have fans. Um, whether film, whether music, whether some other kind of artistry, 
But I think with people like us podcasters, and perhaps you can add YouTubers into that mix, perhaps. It's almost an no, not YouTubers, podcasters and probably Yeah, podcasters, because we we do a lot of talking and we do a lot of talking about ourselves and perhaps we we've 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 seen this in our DMs where people have called us um friends that they've never met or mm. or online brothers or you know um i've just seen like a couple of words like that but they've come from like accidental discoveries not like an obsessive out, yeah. mm. thing you know so it's almost like an unintended byproduct of our work whereas an influencer needs that kind of intimacy because that's yeah. what drives that's what drives what they're trying to push um, mm-hmm. So maybe it could be that because one is unintentional, that also creates a different kind of PSR relationship that perhaps is healthy. Maybe I've seen that because I'm a podcaster as well. I don't know, but but mm. it, it it could be. But also it could be. It maybe also maybe not because we've seen like the Red Pill, um, mm-hmm. um, those other guys, those those kind of um, areas of people that produce people who are not really screwed up properly, yeah. um, screwed properly rather. Um, yeah. So. Again, I think eventually it all comes down to you as the you as the consumer. Mm-hmm. What are you doing with your relationship? And, and that's yeah. and that's the answer. Interactions before they even become a relationship. So listening mm-hmm. to the podcast is one way of interacting. Following the podcast is another way of interacting. And following your personal accounts mm-hmm. <laughs> level. So like all those interactions. Like, why do you want to know that your favorite podcaster is cycling 20 kilometers every weekend? Like, and like, oh my God, I used to ride a bicycle when I was eight to like, <laughs> <That's> yeah. <creepy. laughs> yeah, my spirit offer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. but the thing is like, I don't, I don't say that as too bad. I'll, I'll, I'll no, tell you why. Not. Because, because if, if for example, I have a role model who is a media figure, let's say, let's say an academic. And I learned that this person also does boxing. That that would make me happy, for sure, mm-hmm. right? And that's and, that, and that's something that I probably will not learn in the world whereby we didn't have social media, we didn't have chance mm-hmm. for the people, right? But that would make me ridiculously happy. Um, so I guess maybe in that vein, the positives that you mentioned about um feeling of being part of a group, feeling of um advocacy, something like that around PSRs, it adds to that. But then it, it all comes down to what do you do with the relationship. Um, yeah. and, and what do you do to the point that it doesn't come at a cost to you, right? So even though we are podcasting, me and Toby do this podcast, we, no, nothing, nothing we say or do should make your life harder. If, if that's happening, then we're failing, or, or, or you're failing, <laughs> or somebody, or, or we're both failing. It's as simple as that. Yeah. It's as simple as that. We should not make your life harder. Your life can be harder by you wasting time in a debate that is not helping you. Um, it could be about you, you not thinking better for yourself versus tomorrow. It could be several ways that they can quantify. Um, but I'm, I'm saying that for, for real because there's people that listen to diligently, but if they make my life harder, I have to think back and say, okay, you know, maybe not this guy anymore. Maybe, maybe I should evaluate what I'm doing or what I'm, how I'm feeling about this person. And perhaps that maybe leads nicely into my question about um, what tips do you guys have for people um, in terms of how they manage these um, PSR connections because no PSR are inevitable. Yeah. We form them regardless. We all have them. So what are tips for you guys to on people who are both creators perhaps and consumers um, to foster healthy connections? Angela, do you want to go first? 
Okay, so I will speak to creators first. And, you know, I'll just say, like, don't have an inflated sense of self, right? Like, at the end of the day, like, creators need to remember that they are literal people. Because if you don't put protective measures in place for yourself, like, if you don't set boundaries with your fans, like, they will cross the lines. And one person that I think is quite good, I, I don't think she's, like, a perfect example of everything. But I think she's really great at setting boundaries is Jackie I know. So I don't follow her main account. I follow her, um, what's the other one? Jackie, some, Jackie's like, ugh, I don't know. She has a separate account where she posts like luxury. But even the luxury, like it feels very curated. But I like it. Like I, I, I don't mind. Like, it's fine. I know that you're curating this for me. Maybe you like it, but it's fine. So like I, I'm, I'm conscious about what she's doing right with that account. But sometimes you see the comments like, this might be, I don't know like what PG level your podcast is on. So this might be crude, like parental guidance. Go on, eh? go on, go on, go on. <laughs> let's see, let's, let's, like, let's find out. She she sells, she's really big on fragrances, right? Like she has her own line of candles. She's really into perfumes. I'm not a fan of that. I feel like it's over consumerism, but whatever. Um, but one time she posted a video and someone was like, oh, I'm sure like your bum smells of roses. Like when you wipe your bum, it smells like roses. And I was like... <sighs> why if if you think that thought why why are you typing it like i know she has created a safe space for like people to be laid back and chill but like why are you saying that to someone random that you genuinely do not know but she put the person in check i've forgotten how she responded to that but like she's very quick to respond like you know if you call her auntie she's like oh i'm not your auntie like just jackie if you say mom she's like oh no mom so i feel like even as a mm. girl, you need to Put boundaries in place, like remind people that mm. first of all, it, you don't you don't owe them anything. Like if you're a content creator, mm. you are creating it. You should be creating it for yourself, not for the public. Like she's very quick to do that. Like people are always coming at her for. She has like an all white decor in her house. Like oh, when you have kids, she's like you shouldn't say that. Like, she she will actually put you in check in public. And some creators cannot do that or don't want to do that because they don't want to lose that affinity, that coziness. But by actually speaking of herself, I'm not her biggest fan, but because of interactions like that, I'm like, oh, like, I, I kind of like this babe because she will not let anybody just, you know, encroach into her space and in the name of, oh, I've been following you, I'm an OG fan, do I know this about you? I know, like, you don't know me. She's she's always putting it out, like, you actually do not know me. So I think reinforcing that even for your fans because unfortunately, some people can like, think for themselves so as a creator like this actually the burden of responsibility yeah. on you to just reinforce that you know you're a person you like you you engage with life like you have struggles you have ups you don't have to share your ups and downs with those like we're not your friends we're not your family we might say we'll pray for you but we'll never pray for you so <laughs> keep your thing private but just reinforce that and then from the point of view of a consumer as a consumer myself as someone who's you know had for our social relationships. I, I I follow Chelsea because I had a massive crush on Jamaica Lobby when I was like seven or eight, but I was a child. So that was, <laughs> that was permissible. But at that time, like on all my primary school notebooks, I used to draw like AJ and JMO in the cards and stars and oh, so silly. And it's led me here. Just pursuing that has led me here, which is not so bad. But I was just like for fans, like, this might sound harsh, but like use your brain. <laughs> <laughs> love, love yourself. Stand up. 
there's nobody on this earth. Like, there's no... This might be, like, very Christian, but... And it's Jackie Hill Perry, different Jackie. Maybe I'll have a thing for Jackie. But I remember Jackie Hill Perry tweeting one time, like, she has no desire to die on hills that look nothing like Calvary. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so... You know when people say, oh, this is the hill I'm willing to die on, that turkey is better than chicken? Like, that's the hill you're willing to die on. Like, that hill <laughs> is what you're willing to die You shouldn't be willing to die on any hill. There's no hill was dying no hill no valley no mountain no river was dying on like please stand up love yourself respect yourself choose yourself and be respectful i feel like that's missing a lot in a lot of social media conversations we don't respect ourselves we don't respect the subjects of our affection we don't respect the people who are not the subjects of our affection you know if you like this person it must mean you must dislike this other person like you can be eclectic. You're allowed to have diverse taste. You should have diverse taste. Like, please go outside, smell the <laughs> smell the grass <laughs> and touch grass. Roll. Me personally, I won't advise touch grass because I'm I'm not biggest fan of grass. But like, just be around <laughs> grass. <laughs> Look at it. Take take pictures of the grass. Yeah. Celebrate yourself and <sighs> yeah. I don't know. Like yeah. like. Like Nigerian Christians say, God will continue to help us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, very, very, very solid points in there, both for creators and 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 consumers. I think um, for I don't have that much to say to creators um, versus just like because sometimes you're incentivized to do the things, like you said, you know, just because you know you'd started this thing to maybe make money or do whatever. So technically, if you can you know yourself that this is not what you believe in but you do actions that foster the other thing like it's hard to live in that dissonance a lot of times where people are able to do it so i don't know i think being true to yourself and really knowing where to draw the line like you said i don't think i can add anything more defined to what you've said um as as a creator i think um because we didn't also start this and one thing i was going to say wale about the parasocial thing with podcasters is i think size also matters um when you reach a certain level, you because when it feels a bit small and cozy, you know, the familiarity feels okay because yeah, in a group of 10, 15, 20, 100 people, you, you know, there's some relationship. When it starts to get into the thousand, twenty thousands, all of those sorts of things, then you have less control of certain people's behaviors and all of those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And then it's it's hard to sort of like figure out what's going on and how much you can control it. Um, because maybe something you said, you don't really know what it's going to trigger any other person but as a consumer um i think i have quite more to say here in the sense that i think just being able to understand that you don't have to be one thing or the other what angela said beautifully about being eclectic i think you know have diverse interests i think the more diverse your interests are you would run into certain kinds of tensions and things that you have to hold at the same time and if you sit with that tension i think the output from it is knowing how to understand things better so when you see something you're not triggered by the by the surface of the matter so when somebody comes and says something that you know for example i i, I love john bellion right and you know I, I think he makes amazing music but the people that don't send him i don't rate him now by jokes and by play i'm like well you know it means we can't be friends quote unquote but i understand how you know people can have different tastes and just because you like something else that i don't like doesn't necessarily mean that I need to stick to any tribe. But again, if we go to the parasocial relationship side of things, um, like I listen to Stephen Furtick a lot. Um, and uh, so, so he's a pastor of Elevation Church, you know, 
from when he was scrawny, not going to the gym, to the start going to the gym, all those sorts of things, like to when he had no beard, to when he's become full beard gang, all those sort of things. Like I know the names of his three children, his wife, he talks about them a lot. I know one of his sons, um, you know, makes beats as well. Uh, yes, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's a rapper and, you know, he makes beats and posts different things like that. And I, I know all of these things, but, you know, sometimes it's also a thing about seasons and because particularly if you're someone that likes to get deeply invested in things that you like, right and you um and you know a lot about different things and all those sorts of things i think maybe the more things you know and the more you share your affection across you know many things i think it stops you from getting deeply invested in just one where you then become quite you know tunnel visioned on on that one thing because yes there's steven furtick but i also like judah smith you know and i followed him and his wife for a while there's, you know, um, there, there are other preachers elsewhere that and all those sorts of things. With footballers as well. Like, yes, I like, like maybe I mostly only follow Arsenal content, but even Arsenal podcasts, for example, I listen to like three or four and there's, they have like 10, like all together in terms of the voices I hear on different podcasts, they're up to like 10 or 15. So I might like on some days, there was, there's a particular podcast I listen to and on some days I'm like, yeah, today you guys, your point of view is not really gelling with me. And so I go to another podcast and I listen to another point of view and sometimes it makes me understand the point that we're making better, but these people are just speaking in a language I don't understand a bit better. And so I think maybe diversity is maybe the message I'm preaching here where, you know, try and just spread your affection. Um, and that, that should hopefully help you not get into this parasocial behavior. Wale, take us home. No, I think you guys have raised very good points. Um, and and when, when people raise good points, it's hard to add to it. <laughs> um, so, so maybe my addition might be a bit um, simple, very simple and perhaps left field um i mean on a on a on a jokey point if you're 30 plus and arguing about bonaboy online then sell, sell your life out um as simple as that 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 is not harsh that is a friendly statement i believe um, <laughs> you're a friend now <laughs> it is a friend it is a friendly statement and here's why going to point number two on a deeper and deeper point if you look at if you look at the if you look at existence as existence is every human being is trying to achieve something with their life, whether it's for bad or for good, right? And the people that we form relationships with are trying to are in that same boat, right? Mm -hmm. Some of their enterprises and some of their practices lead them to having worldwide fame or or fame beyond their own village borders. And the fame arises as a result of what they are trying to do. It doesn't make them a supernatural human being. It doesn't make them an alien from Mars. It makes them somebody whose practice and enterprise, like yours, leads them into your own view through media and stuff, right? And I think with that mindset, you have to also put yourself as part of that equation and say, okay, well, I'm also trying to achieve something with my life. And I don't mean achieve by make money. I just mean live a life worthy of living. And in mm -hmm. doing that, Right, I am probably con consuming things that are either helping me relax, learn, enjoy, part socialize, all those things. And in consuming these things, we get to meet other people, which are these artists, which are these TV stars, which are these podcasters. But they should not define your own core pursuits of what your life should be. If they define it, they should help it, but they should not, they should not make you someone who you shouldn't be. Because again, then you are living to their tune, which then their, and their tune is not even aware of you. Their tune is just their tune to make their own enterprise go higher. Oh. So that goes back to my point of your 13 argument about Bonaboy, gay life. 
And I mean that because your life is in front of you and that's what you should get. Not, not someone else's life as a way to duplicate yours. And I think that's one reason why I believe that I don't follow some of these guys online. Not because I am choosing to actively not follow them, but because it doesn't come to me as second nature. Um, mm-hmm. Because I know that that's probably what's going to happen if that probably does. I follow if I, if I, if I enter those um, debates. I guess the, my, only, my only point is thinking of yourself as, a, as, a, as an entity that is equal as a human status to these people. And in doing that, you can balance how you manage every kind of um, interaction with other people about them and put yourself on the same pedestal as them, at least your potential self. You know, you don't have to be a superstar to feel like you're also a valuable human being to the world. Mm. So treat yourself with that same respect. And I think that's, that's probably the way forward in terms of making that healthy balance for a PSR relationship. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Honestly, I feel like we can go on forever because I was just thinking about even in the Bible days and Jesus's days, people probably found parasocial relationships with him, right? You know, he, he had his disciples, he had, but there were other people outside that circle that, you know, felt like they knew him on that level and that sort of thing just because of how visible he was. But again, you know, each person is, you know, that's why you say, why, why do you call me good? In that sort of way, like I'm just talking to one of those other guys because it goes back to Wally's point of, you know, individually, yes, some people have certain callings and purposes and by nature of the things that they're doing, they, they're they out there and very visible, but that doesn't mean what you're doing in your corner, you know, isn't important to the corner that you're in. Um, And obviously because the world, that's, that's why I think I mentioned that this consumerism thing, honestly, it's a plague. Um, And, I, I don't, it, it chases after my life in very interesting ways and it occurs in so many different channels. Like whatever it is that I try to choose to do, at some point there's a version of it that consumerism has taken over that makes it difficult mm-hmm. to have sort of like what I would call a pure conversation about the thing. And it's quite sad, right? Because, you know, I saw a tweet somewhere that, oh, you know, stop complaining about the game, just play it, right? And I guess there's some positivity to that, but I, I also, I was like, for me, I feel like the net effect is quite negative if you don't question the game. Like, if you just, you say that's the game and then you play it. So this is to creators or whoever, like, to say, okay, this is how the world system is designed. I have to play it so that I don't get eaten away. I'm almost at that point where I'm like, you know what, if it's to get eaten away, then maybe just, just, you know, I guess this is why being a Christian is also maybe another side of things because we're like, okay, it doesn't stop here. So maybe if this is where my own journey on this side, you know, it, you know if this is where it's capped, mm. I know it's not capped forever because there's something more at the end of it, right? And so, honestly, it's, it's not something that I, I, I'm able to remind myself of every, every day. Sometimes I still fall into the trap of trying to, you know, hack things out. But conversations like this really ground me a bit more. Um, and this is why I'm glad I have like the space to do this. But yeah, mm. Wale, any final I think words? I think maybe well, well, I'll add to that, which is a very important point you raised, is that. As you both have said, perhaps maybe even in the beginning when you mentioned pastors, is what you both mentioned that I've heard you say is you have an ability to distinguish each time or by reflection, distinguish the content or the production from the producer or from the source. Mm. And so by that, what that means is if somebody releases the best album ever, you can enjoy that album without that person becoming your god. Mm. And the same, the same applies to your pastors. If they give you the best preachings ever, they are, they are, they are, they are an amazing vessel for you to do what you need to do in your own life. So they give you the good content. They produce the good stuff. 
Mm. But it doesn't mean that because the product produces good stuff, they should be the ideal good or the ideal God. You know, so I think adding to what you just said, separating the producer from the from the content is perhaps what is very important and not not linking the gravity of the content's life changing um, ability to the producer's life changing God status. Mm. They are totally mm. different things. Mm. So knowledge is not um yeah, I'm just gonna end there. Yeah. Um, but Angela, honestly, shout out to your to your intellectual master's thesis. As well as your intellectual <laughs> background as well in your in your library <laughs> behind you. It, uh, it, it's given, it's given, everything is given. You know, um, any a, any final words as we um say goodbye to everyone who's listening so far? Uh maybe fun question. How many celebrities do you think you follow on Instagram right now? Good question. I love that question. Let me have a quick glance. So you go first because you might have one off your head. Uh, why, why would you assume that? No, Angela, you go first. How many do you follow? I, I don't so, know, but I was talking. I was just like, I follow, like I follow Kim Kardashian and I follow Jeffy Hubert. Like, it's, it's diverse in there. I follow the Chelsea account. I follow Rich James. I follow a, a good number, actually. So, so I'm looking now and actually I don't follow any. And the reason why you follow me, the reason why I know is because on Instagram, when you when you go to your following, you can check the list interacted with to look yeah. at people that you just just never and obviously that would be celebrities. I don't follow mm-hmm. any celebrity. Um, yeah, there's nobody here that I follow, and I don't remember anyone any name in my head. Some people, some people I follow are famous, but they're famous for things. So like MK PhD, famous for tech reviewing. Um, right. you know that kind of thing maybe also like some Logan Yuri who is a dating coach class in scientist vision scientist some podcasters are famous um, so if you call the celebrities maybe mm-hmm. um, but celebrities who are known for just celebrities I've just given the list of those are famous <laughs> Okay, that's that's a good number. Yeah, yeah. Um. Okay, maybe maybe JP as well, but also it falls into the podcaster category. So yeah, um, I only put that as one of so them. I can't I can't pull mine up because uh, my phone is my camera at the moment. Um, but I think honestly, like maybe looking at my my feed, like I think it's people that create content because the public. So for example, I'm looking at my Instagram yeah. feed right now, and um, Tay Diggs is there. Um, yeah, and for me, like I, I don't know anything about his personal life. It just makes ridiculously weird. I, actually, there's only one particular video I followed him for, and I know once in a while he just does random things. And for me, it's just interesting to see his personality off screen, but in this content creation, you know, mentality. But you can ask me if he's married, if he has children. I have zero idea about some of these things. Um, but yeah, and, and most of it is really content. So I, I think I don't follow any celebrities because of the personal things they post like some people follow Odegaard they'll follow Odegaard's dogs because maybe Odegaard has a dog for <laughs> accounts for his dog Kai Havertz yeah. has that as well so yeah. people but, do all but, those but sorts also, of things bro, I think there's also a relationship I think why why my for example hmm. I think I, I, must have, I also have a relationship with following people following yeah things. I was going to mention so, what is the so, wrongest so, person so, to there's also a thing about how I use social media that is just it's just me. I'll say maybe old school or different. Um, so maybe, so maybe me not following them it does not indicate that I am abstinent from these mm. things. Maybe just the way gen- I used to judge me that generally. Byproducts, yeah. So I follow. Maybe yeah. I just remember someone I follow for. I guess 
not parasocial relationship, but what's her name? Um, Thuso Mbedu from from ah! from, from, from <laughs> So, <laughs> why, why, why do you think that's not a PSR? Why? Um, so, so it, it, I think I don't think like I don't, I don't go ahead and defend her or anything. And to be fair, over the last like three months, I've Toby, not. Toby, Toby, you, you, you guys need to break up. That's just the. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have the opportunity to defend her. Nobody's calling her out. That's why. If people call her out, I'm like, you can drag her from now to tomorrow. <laughs> like for me, that's that's not the whole. Like for for me to define the, the the, I feel like there's specific reasons why. Cause I, when I watched the movie, um, like I saw she was interesting. I wanted to find out how old she was, and I saw she was 31. So it was just giving those vibes of oh, yeah, also a young vampire type person you know that can pass off as someone who's like way younger and i followed her on social media and the first couple of posts that i saw it was very it felt real but i guess maybe that's the part of social vibe kicking in um and i just made it a thing maybe this is where my own social media habits you know can portray themselves as something that maybe they're not really so for example every time she posted a picture i would just share it to my social media not because of anything, but I did it once, I did it twice, and it became a thing. And I just kept doing it. And it was quite interesting to now see, like, when I stopped doing it, people will now be DMing me pictures of her. Like, like, Alpha, have you seen this, have you seen this one? Like, I can't explain that one. Like, so for me, I, I, it was more, I think it was more of a social experiment for me. And, and now it has, it has died out because I don't post and nobody shares to me. And I think she also has, maybe algorithms know that I don't interact as much as more because I don't see her, her post as much. And recently I saw one and I was about to share and I was like, let's not start this whole vibe again. So I kind of, <laughs> I kind of like parked it there. Yeah. yeah. How about you before we go? Who do you follow? Just remember uh- you. I follow 1,281 people and I feel like about 200 of them will be famous people. Okay. I feel like that's like people from all over the world, different industries. Like I follow the Olori of Worry, <laughs> but I also follow, <laughs> I follow Jenny Losco and Levi Losco and that yeah. whole gang. Like, send me those. Yeah, everywhere. Send me those who you think I would I, I might benefit from. Thanks. Well, there's nobody. There's nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I just remembered. Uh, what did I follow? I, I was scrolling just now, and I reminded me of an account that I followed, but I can't even write it. Oh yeah. So when you mentioned Love Island, I, we're going on forever on this episode. But when you mentioned Love Island, Wally, <laughs> like I realized in the first season when I watched, it, I didn't really follow anybody. I didn't really care. But um, when after the show or during the second season, Dami and Dami Dami on Twitter used to do social commentary on the show itself. But I think I, I don't know if I was following him, but I was interacting with Love Island stuff quite a lot. So it was always popping up into my feed. Yeah. yeah. But then I now deliberately whenever I don't know why I deliberately followed, I think Ella and um Aww. and somebody else. Like I followed them. But bro, after they got out of the show and they started to post, I had to unfollow because I was like, what the hell is this? Like, like, <laughs> every- <laughs> I was like, I was like, nah, bro, I'm all about this life. So, <laughs> so there's also, there's also like, there's also that where you kind of like just randomly follow and then you start to see that they're doing things that I guess, I don't know. It, it was just, a, I was like, you know what? My relationship with you really ends at the show when the show is going on. I see you for one hour and I watch it and that's it. And when you win the competition or you lose, that's it. But after that, your daily your daily life is not, because I know you're, you're about that bag. You're trying to secure the bag. So everything you're doing is about that. And I'm not, I, I have enough filters up for other things. But yeah, just wanted to throw that in there. 
and I'm looking out for you guys' um, new post now that you share. I'm looking at it with a lot more scrutiny now. Scrutiny, like, <laughs> where is it um, from? But, Angela, thank you so much for jumping in. Um, yeah. I actually had a great time this episode, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I think it definitely made it a lot different. If it was a, it definitely made it a lot more different than it would have been if it was a solo, mm. which was the original plan. So I appreciate you stepping on and jumping in. And I'm sure we'll see you again soon. Um, yeah. Enjoy Thank the you. Scottish winter. Good luck with it, actually. <laughs> ah, I see. <laughs> <laughs> well prepared, well prepared, well prepared. Well prepared. Well prepared. Alright, guys. Enjoy the rest of your Happy day. Weekend. And catch guys. Goodbye, everybody. See you guys again next week. Take care. Alright. Bye. Hi there. And we're quite sure that the podcast landscape on your device is massive. And yet you found us and you chose to indulge in our long-form, complex, sense-making dialogues. And for that, we applaud you. More importantly, we say a big, massive thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast, if it made you smile, think, debate, or even disagree, please show some support. You can do that in five simple ways. Number one, give us a great rating and review and subscribe or follow the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Number two, leave a comment, let us hear you, but more importantly, let our community hear you as well. Number three, share this episode with somebody new, somebody you thought about when you were listening, someone you think would enjoy it. Number four, if you're active on social media, connect, connect, connect. It's yellowpeelpod on Instagram slash threads and yellowpeel underscore pod on Twitter. Five, and finally, you can join our Patreon community down link below. Once again, thank you for taking Yellow Peel with us today. It's Wally, your co-host. Next to me is Toby. And we should do very best in the coming hours, days, weeks, and months. But we'll see you again soon. Till next time, peace and love, people. Peace and love.